What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, brought to you by our friends at OG's. It's OG's, baby, flavoring Fridays, not your average cannabis-infused gummy. They knock it out of the park. Check them out, ogbrands.com. Check us out. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bull Brock. We got a game preview on tap. Arizona Cardinals travel to Philadelphia. Will they have their franchise quarterback, Bo Brock, at their disposal? We're going to talk about all that and more, but how are you on this fine Friday? Doing fantastic. I thought that the uh, the title for this show, it's a bit dramatic, isn't it? Hollywood heartbreak. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about like uh, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears? Was that Hollywood heart- heartbreak? Or yeah. how, how are we feeling heartbroken over the news today from JG? And then it became official about an hour and a half ago. Hollywood Brown officially headed to injured reserve. Is I think it it's really more, a heartbreaking situation for my guy, Johnny. It's along the lines of like Katie Holmes, Tom Cruise. But then after the fact, <laughs> you find out Tom Cruise is out of his mind, jumping on couches. And, and you're like, oh, OK, I kind of get it. I yeah. kind of get what Baltimore was selling that fateful day in April of 2022. I, I think it's over for Hollywood Brown. Like you and I have been screaming it from the from the football gods, the high heavens. Yeah. Put him on injured reserve. What are you doing? He's not even practicing, right? And again, I, I think it's it's admirable for him to go out and try to play, right? That Pittsburgh game, he was in there for what, like a possession or two, and then they had to pull him. I, I think two things probably happened. His heel did not respond the way they thought. They mm-hmm. thought, okay, let's go through the motions and practice. Let's get it worked on. They tried to put their chips in the basket of Hollywood Brown with K1 to help both of them over this last final stretch of games, this eight-game period. From Hollywood's perspective, it was a bust. I mean, you've talked about it endlessly, bro. He, he He's hemorrhaged money. And the Cardinals, I think this is a valuable lesson for them heading into 2024. If somebody's injured, regardless contract you're not, shut them down. Take the time, yeah. put them on injured reserve, because Hollywood Brown missing the month of November and coming back for the stretch run, much more beneficial than whatever the hell this was for the team. Yeah, uh, it, it it's like fire fest, right? You're just you're lighting money on fire if you're Hollywood Brown. It's really unfortunate because you know I think back about this year, right? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ken. Uh, just purchased this bad boy today. This hat. I mean, it's no PHNX locker, Jim, but uh, it'll do, right? It will suffice. Um, Hollywood Brown has done everything that this organization has asked for him. Unfortunately, his body failed him, right? And this was a guy that came in. He wasn't exactly healthy going into the regular season, and he battled injuries throughout. And it was admirable. uh, His the way he went to bat for Kyler Murray and gassed him up as he made his, you know, continued his rehab. It was great. He was the ultimate teammate. He never complained about his contract. Well, there's wide receivers all across the league forcing trades, complaining about how much they make or how much they don't make, and you never heard a peep from Hollywood Brown. But unfortunately, the harsh reality, the business side of this game, just doesn't point to the Arizona Cardinals moving forward with Hollywood Brown as a member of this organization. Now, I, I've been considering this as as the news came out today, officially from JG, and then the team, you know, putting out the release that he's he's off the active roster and on injured reserve. Is, I mean, I think that 
Gannon likes Hollywood enough. And like, I, I don't think it's complete, like 100% divorce. Like, I think that there could be a future where he comes back and, and it completely is on, on the terms of in a team friendly deal. But he would, ha- I think he would certainly have to go through the entire like market process where he hits the free agent market, evaluates what he, he can get as a deal. Or if he doesn't get any traction, you know, maybe he can come back to the Cardinals because I, I think that there is a certain amount of belief from Gannon, from Petzing. Um, we, I don't know how Monty Austin Fort feels about it, but I, I won't completely shut the door. But it does feel like, you know, some team is going to spring for him and pay him. And the Cardinals would be best to just let that happen. Jalen Blair asking, Johnny, what are your sources said about the Hollywood situation? So I, I didn't reach out today. This has kind of been brewing for the last couple of weeks. Here's what I can tell you. Here's what the show is prepared to tell you. That they wanted to allow Kyler Murray and, and Hollywood Brown to up their value to the organization over these final two, two months of, of the season. And they had offers on the table, modest ones for Hollywood Brown ahead of the trade deadline in late October. And they felt like it was more beneficial to the development of Kyler Murray into the team to keep Hollywood Brown around, right? In hindsight, you probably entertain those offers. I do not envision a scenario. I think Bo mapped it out really well. I I think this is the approach the team's going to take. This is Hollywood Brown. He's in his late 20s. He's not 20. Mm -hmm. He's not Christian Kirk hitting the market. He's an older player. Uh, Austin Ford is going to tell his agent, if he hasn't already, like there's a place for you on this roster if you want to make minimal funds. I'm I'm guessing you don't want to do that. And, you know, we talked to Brad Spielberger yesterday. We've had an opportunity to connect with people outside this organization. Hell, search Hollywood Brown's name on Twitter, and people will convey like, oh, yeah, let's pay him two- or three-year deal. <laughs> like, I'm sure his agent feels like, I can get you paid elsewhere. The Cardinals are not going to be the benefactor of that. I think I think Hollywood Brown, if, if I'm making a prediction right now, I think to, to Bo's analysis is spot on. Two- or three-year deal probably some decent guarantees based on his reputation, his skill set somewhere else. Like the Cardinals, what people have to understand is, yes, the Cardinals have a ton of money, but they have in, they have needs everywhere. If they had one or two big needs and one of them was wide receiver, maybe you could splurge a little bit on Hollywood Brown and flush that position. If you pay Hollywood Brown 8 to $10 million, albeit on a one-year contract, that's multiple starters. That's multiple depth players that they're yeah. going to like they they lose games with or without Hollywood Brown right now. So it's not like he's been an integral part of their success this year. So I think at the end of the day, and we'll dig into this deeper in the offseason, it's going to be very touch and go in the months of January and February. That's why you got to keep it subscribed to this podcast. It's going to be a scenario, Bo, in which like I, I would hope Hollywood Brown agents like, we need to get out there. We need to get you in front of other teams. We got to make sure you can pass a physical. The, the Cardinals, and again, I'm beating a dead horse with this, he doesn't fit what they yeah. want offensively at all. He's the opposite. He's small. He's injury prone. He's not a blocking wide receiver. Uh, they, they are better off allocating funds to a Gabe Davis, who, who I think better fits this team, somebody like that, maybe even a Calvin Ridley, and then looking at the draft and, and drafting multiple receivers. Holly, it just doesn't make sense for this team. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, look, the unfortunate truth is when you talk about Gabe Davis and, and the inconsistencies that he's had in Buffalo over the last couple of years, um, that that's the tier that Hollywood Brown resides in hitting mm-hmm. this market, right? Yep. And when you look at where this organization would err on the side, I think that they were err on the side of a bigger body wide receiver. And that's that should be the approach. 
like you just like Steve Kime proved, and I don't think anybody needed like the like truly to see it play out uh, in reality. Like that, an undersized wide receiver unit was going to not be successful in the NFL. Like yeah. you, you would have possess wide receivers that have elite skill sets and can you know kind of transcend where they lack in size, like at five seven, five eight, five nine, and the fact that you deployed three of them at times on the same playing field in the same offense in the same 11. It's absolutely crazy. But, you know, could Hollywood Brown, like I view now the wide receiver core similar to like how I think and how I saw the offensive line play out last year is that they're so short on bodies that it might just be crucial for Monty Austin Fort to at least sign a couple guys and ones that he's familiar with. Now, I think that Greg Dorch would have an edge over Hollywood Brown just because of his adaptability, his versatility, you know, playing teams, both punt and kick return game, and then his ability to run different routes uh, on the route tree. So, um, like, I think that they're going to have to, because they just have three wide receivers under contract beyond this season, like, you're going to have to get somebody locked in uh, before free agency. And I mean, I guess they won't really truly have an opportunity, but I just think the odds are truly stacked against... Hollywood Brown wearing a Cardinals uniform uh, any longer. I think let's just play hypothetical. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a part of this receiving core. And then you have Michael Wilson. I yeah. think I could definitely see a veteran, not this player specifically of the caliber of like an Adam Thieland toward the tail end of his career to come and help move the chains on second and third down. Like that's the kind of move they're going to be making. I see a lot of people saying, I don't know oh, about that. No, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll ever err on the side of taking a guy, a veteran. I, I think they would want try to take a project on uh, somebody well, isn't who a, isn't a veteran a project at that point of his career. No, like I mean, I, I just don't think you want to create any obstacles for your younger players to develop. I, I, I agree with you, assuming that everybody's understood about who who's in charge of what role, and you kind of made my point for me. Like, you take Marvin Michael Wilson's a starter. Where is Hollywood Brown even playing? Yeah. Like I, I think from a depth perspective, and I oh, probably you. say the same thing about yeah. Gabe Davis. I see Jalen saying Gabe's not a fit, you guys, or he's not really good. Not At least good. he's a Look, fit. He's not consistent. Like, right. and we understand that. But when you, if you heard Brad Spielberger yesterday, I mean, there's going to be uh, the, the biggest question is who becomes available as far as the potential impending free agents. Like, you can dream is free. Like, you can dream about T. Higgins. You can dream about. Calvin Ridley or or Michael Pittman Jr. But like, how many of those act guys actually become available? And you know, T. Higgins, as as Brad said, is probably going to at least at the very least get tagged and then dealt. Yeah. So it's going to cost you, um, you know, pick it up at least a franchise tag this year, which is over twenty million guaranteed, plus draft capital, and then an extension down the road. Hopefully, more of an extension instead of just that that franchise tag. Pittman, same situation in Indy. Like they, they, they're not going to be um, that bad. Of like they're a bad franchise, but they're not that naive. Like they're they're going to try to keep and lock up Michael Pittman Jr. He had an outstanding contract year, and it's easy. Like he's worth twenty plus million dollars right now, right. if not more, on the open market. Ridley's interesting. Like he could, as as Brad outlined last night, but everybody else, like 
they're all in the same tier. Like they all have their red flags. They all have their flaws. And that's going to be, you're just going to have to take the good with the bad because they're in such desperate need of wide receivers. They need to find guys that are fits as far as what they look for physically and schematically. Again, like I'm going back to Carolina because I think they're going to blow this up. But like DJ Charks on a one-year deal, he's six foot three over 200 pounds. Yeah. He's going to have about 600 yards receiving this year. He's making 5 million bucks. That I put like that's the kind of sandbox they're going to be playing in, right? Guys, that experienced guys that can start for you that fit what you want. Michael Wilson's going to be working his ass off with Kyler Murray. You've got Trey McBride, and then you add Marvin. Like that's that's the sandbox they're going to be playing in. They're not going to Marvin be the Malik Neighbors, Roman yeah. Dunze. Well, what, what? Okay. Why you, why do you get so disheartened when I talk about the other top yes, wide receivers in this draft? A first round a first round caliber wide receiver with Michael Wilson and a veteran over six foot. Do we know I if Marvin's playing tonight yet? Like it's coming down the wire. I don't think he's playing. He hasn't practiced all week. Is he just gonna show he's up? He's been on a play? on a bike. This has been him all week, just riding that's, the bike. It's me on the Peloton, baby. There's a big difference. Nah, there's it's a the big difference. Thing. It's the exact same thing. Jalen Blair, five dollars super chat. <laughs> what do you guys think about Mike Williams if he gets released by the Chargers because they have need cap relief? I mean, I would. I don't have anything to say that they wouldn't be interested. But again, he's going to be expensive and he's injury prone. He's no, I don't think injury prone. I I think. Chase is saying he, Marvin opted out, but this team needs so much. And I think receiver is going to be very similar to what they did. You guys are going to gag on this, but like the defensive line is just, they're just going to sign some guys to get into the mix. Let Michael Wilson run with the ones the entire off season. I know Roma Dunsey would be an upgrade. I am of the mindset chase that until we're out of the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes, I'm not entertaining other receivers at this time. Thank you for respecting my privacy at this time. Can we, uh, let, let's celebrate this a little bit because uh, Chase pointing that out. I mean, Marvin Harrison opted out of his bowl game. The reality I is... I thought he was coming back to Ohio State to win a national coming, championship. Yeah, what about all that sweet, sweet NIL money? Oh, man. Marvin Harrison Jr. opted out of his bowl game one step closer to coming here to the desert. That's right. This That's something to be celebrated, Johnny Venerable. Um, well, sure. It absolutely is. But you and I, and this chat, I don't, I don't like that. I like this video. I don't like that. If I bring up another wide receiver in this class's name, you, you just like, you, you get all butthurt about it. And then I do. I'm big Marvin Harrison Jr. Taking the next step by saying, yeah, I'm not going to play against Missouri tonight. And whatever the hell bowl game it is, I'm going to focus on my future. Because like, I'm operating right now. I've gone through a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I'm an emotional guy, whereas <laughs> I thought this team was going to be picking four, five, or six. They weren't in the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. Then they have proceeded to lose a lot, and other teams are winning. So, okay, now they're dabbling in two or three. But I, I do have a concern. You know where my concern is. Um, producer extraordinaire, Eric Ruby, can we check on the Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback, the status? Per Adam Schefter, let's see the tweet. Trevor Lawrence for the first time in his professional career, is out this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, which means for two straight weeks, potentially, the Carolina Panthers, who could very well go 2-0, are playing backup quarterbacks, whereas the Arizona Cardinals face two playoff teams. Should that happen, the Arizona Cardinals will pick first overall in the 2024 NFL draft. Care, so, care, care, any thoughts? 
That's just a hell of an assumption. That really is. It really is. I mean, the team with two wins, you are speculating that they're going to double their win total in the next in the final two weeks of the season. They're just going to it's going to it's going to work out just because the team isn't got its top signal caller in there. You think it's just in a, a foregone conclusion that the Jaguars are going to fall to the Panthers. The 8-7 Jaguars playing for something. They're still 4-point favorites um for now. We'll see. That probably is a pick 'em this time Sunday. So according to to who? The JV Sportsbook. <laughs> and you don't even know like what the approach for for Tampa is going to be in, in the regular season finale. Uh Tampa Bay's winning this weekend against the Saints. They've all but quit on Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Tampa's one of the hottest teams in the NFC. They are sitting players in week 18. You are outside your mind if you don't think that. Everybody needs a buy. It's a you sit there and you get you just tremble with this fear of pornography that you think that the, the Carolina is going to play its way out of the top pick and the, and the Bears are going to be picking second and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be playing one. First off, it's not that bad. Like to have all the cards for the 2024 draft, it's not bad. It. I don't it's hate actually, it. You probably should, should pref- like prefer it since the Cardinals aren't going to win a game again this season. Uh, Emily asking, do you really want the first overall pick? I don't like CHGO Bears acting like they hold all the cards, that they're going to take Marvin and get seven first-round picks and dominate the offseason. I'm jealous. I want that for myself. You think we're insufferable now. If we get the first overall pick, the schmear campaign that we're going to do on the Chicago Bears at number two, we're dictating everything. Everything dictates through this franchise. And there is a part of me that feels like this fan base has been subjected to such bad football on Sunday that you all deserve that. Four months of intrigue, and I'm very much of the Kyle memory should return. I'm not in the camp at all of Caleb Williams should be the first overall pick, but I, you, we could go through scenarios. First overall, you trade it with the Bears or Washington. You, you move down. Maybe the Bears take Drake May. You still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Three ones, two twos. You know, I... Kyle Odegaard, friend of this program, came out and said, as much as I love Marvin Harrison Jr., the Cardinals will be better served trading out of picks one and two for a big boatload of picks. So I I want them to have those options. I I just can't believe, like the Panthers, say what you want about them, they've played much better since they fired Frank Wright. Much better. They should have beaten the Packers last week. They they tied the Packers. It was 30 to 30 with like 30 seconds. So much better football. Yeah, let's look at it. How many wins has that yielded? One? They doubled their win total. Since they fired Frank Wright. <laughs> now you, now you think in back-to-back weeks, they're going to play perfect football. They're going to play winning football. I don't think, I don't think they're going to play perfect football. But you're dismissing it at all as a, a possibility, which I think is really foolish. You're a smart guy. You're acting Thank like you. it's like a 1% chance. That this no, you're acting like it's a 100% chance. Uh, no, I think, it's, I think it's 50-50. I think it's a flip of a that coin. Is wild. That, is, that is absolutely wild. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. You and I know damn well this time next week, if the Panthers win this weekend, it's going to be game fucking on. And okay. you're going to have to, you're just going to have to accept You're going to get down in your little bomb shelter or whatever you got set up, your doomsday room. Yeah. And you you think that it's the, the Cardinals are, and like we're talking about, they're going to hold all the cards to the 2024 draft. And you're like, no, uh oh, everybody hit that panic button. I'm not panicking. I'm just saying, like, Listen, this is a, this is something we've walked through, and I feel like I'm like the guy talking about aliens. People don't believe anything I'm saying, <laughs> like that meme. Like people are looking at me like I got six heads. Ah, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I know he hasn't been playing well, 
You're telling me CJ Beathard is going to win an NFL game for a team in Jacksonville that's lost like they were eight and three or eight and two. They've lost four straight games. You're saying that CJ Beathard is going to break that streak? Johnny, Come on, Johnny. Johnny, what are we? What, <laughs> dude? You got me panicking right now. If we get the number one seed, oh, or the number one pick, I'm flipping out. You know why? Because I saw your mock draft, and I'm not excited <laughs> about that whatsoever. You, you're gonna you trade. It. You're gonna trade our number one pick for like three picks from Bumblefuck State, man. Like, what are we doing here? Huh? Frame that. Frame that mock draft. Put it up in the office. <laughs> so everybody can take in the it off. of it. That's right. Get a nice I, frame. I selfishly wanted to because I don't want the Bears to have it. I'm at that point where I'm going to be petty all off season, and I, yeah, it's like Arizona animal. I'm not saying aliens, but aliens. But <laughs> number one pick. I feel like people on Twitter are very much vibing with what I'm saying. The Twitter yeah. streets, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, I could definitely see this happening. Well, I mean, Twitter, I mean, they are the voice of reason. I get all my life lessons from that bird. <laughs> Mike, $20 super chat. Oh, I'm man. all for Marvin Harrison Jr. So generous, by the way, Mike. You're you're the man. We appreciate you. But if you offer a King's Ransom for number two, you take it. There's an article where the Jets trade up and give us Brees Hall, DJ Reed, thus a first, third, fifth, and next year's one, two, and a 2026 two. I, I, you consider everything. While I, Marvin Harrison Jr. is unequivocally the best player in this draft, and he fits 20 needs for the Arizona Cardinals, Austin Ford, who took his time, he took his sweet-ass time last year, literally up until the pick. I mean, it's it's going to be an option where when we talked to him at the Combine, when he is his end-of-the-year presser in January, everything's going to be on the table. I just hope that all those options also lead back to Kyler Murray being the quarterback, Bo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean... Because the, the biggest conversation you have is is what you're doing at quarterback, right? Do you want to be the team that passed on the opportunity to draft Caleb Williams, potentially, who, who could be the next star at the position in the NFL? I mean, yeah. that, that has a really good chance of happening, right? I mean, I know, you know, there has to be a lot done and a lot of work done in between, like, just anointing him, but... He's got the skill set, right? We've seen it on full display during his Heisman Trophy winning campaign just a year removed. And then this previous season, like he showed a lot of red flags. No doubt about it. I'm not disagreeing with that. But you have the tough conversation as an organization and you weigh the pros and cons. Say, this is what it looks like if we move forward with Kyler Murray. This is what it looks like if we pivot off and we go the direction of Caleb Williams. We absorb Kyler Murray. $46.1 million dead cap, still have 50 plus million dollars to spend. Like, there's that's what they were setting up this offseason off for to be able to pivot any direction, not for one specific thing. If anybody's writing, if there's any reports out there that they're, they're going one direction or the other, that's not true. They were setting it up to be able to go any direction this offseason if they needed to. Momo Murray in the chat, 499 Super Chat. Missed this one earlier. Thank you so much, Momo Murray. Uh, D-backs embarrassed the Phillies. Would be crazy if we embarrassed the Eagles too. I I think that it would be crazy. I, I can't see it happening, but hanging for a couple quarters, having Kyler Murray have his best game to date, absolutely. I, I think Gannon, if, if you picked one game for his team to overachieve, it wouldn't be Dallas. It wouldn't be Pittsburgh. It would be against Philadelphia. And I, I do think if if the Cardinals roster was healthy, I think this is a, a game where they can compete and coin flip game. I, I can't see the Cardinals shocking anybody, frankly, with the state of this roster. I mean, you, you still got to line up and play 
11 on 11 football and they just they don't have the horses like the, yeah. it's the first time and goodness you remove the quarterback from the situation and just say look at look at the other 10 players on offense and defense they just don't have the guys and yeah. so i i would love for it to happen i just it's asking so much of this team they're so stout up front their offensive line is, is rock solid Jalen Hurts, I think, is what you saw last week in on steroids compared to the quarterback play from from Justin Fields. They can do similar things, but I think Fields is, is more polished and, and better, especially in the pass game. Yeah. Than than Fields. And he's got better receivers, you know, from from the two wideouts from AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Like it's and then what they do in the run game. It's there's so many ways that they can beat you offensively in this Cardinals defensive front is just down tremendous my god like i don't even know who they're gonna start like it doesn't look like it's the worst front in pro football it is i mean you can be encouraged from dante stills and some of the play from other players but like ledbetter hit ir today lucky's not going to be back it's uh it's it's really just a uh popsicle and elmer's glue put together defensive front and that's not going to work against a team that plays offensively like philly does it's that Cheeto lock meme. You've seen that one where you, they slide the Cheeto in the, in the door lock. That's what it is. That's the Cardinal front seven. Uh, so Kyler Murray is set to play this weekend. We know Hollywood Brown is out. You would assume our guy Greg Dorch, the Greg Dorch podcast here at PHNX Cardinals, is going to get the start along with uh, Michael Wilson, Zach Pascal mix there. So it'll be interesting. I hope I hope Kyler Murray has his best game. We're going to talk about that and more as well as some draft implications. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at BetMGM. So this line for Arizona has been drifting. I think it was 13, then it went to 10. Now it's around 11, 11 and a half. Um, I'd probably stay away from this line. I'd definitely take the over, though, with our friends at BetMGM. The BetMGM $1,500 first bet offer. We got bowl games. They're coming fast and furious all throughout the weekend, of course, on New Year's Day. There's no better place to dabble than our friends at BetMGM. $1,500. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app now, Android, iOS, or check them out, BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your bet loses. If your bet does lose your bonus bets, well, friends, they'll be available once your initial wager is settled. Again, the bonus code is PH. Annex, tell them Johnny and Bo sent you PHNX Cardinals 10 bucks and up to $1,500 back if your bet loses in bonus bets. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. We got a uh, jam-packed Valley Sports weekend, including the Fiesta Bowl's coming up soon, isn't it? Check out the Fiesta Bowl. Check it out with some shades from Shady Rays. Look your very best uh, hanging out there at State Farm Stadium. Maybe you're going to the Cardinals season finale a week from Sunday at State Farm Stadium out there on the Great Lawn tailgating. Well, you want to protect your eyes and you want to look good while doing so. 
Get those durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. It's Shady Rays. They've got a store up in Scottsdale right now, Kierlin Commons. You can go there, and they will uh, honor your PHNX promo code where you can get two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses and get 50% off two or more pairs. Absolutely take advantage of that. Take advantage of their insane protection pro, uh, protection uh, just plan that they've got on all eyewears. Every pair of sunglasses backed, lost and broken replacements. They'll back any of your pairs no long, like long after you purchased them. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code PHNX and get 50% off two or more pairs of those polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. ShadyRays and ShadyRays.com. Love my Shady Rays. Uh, I'm about to rep them tonight. I'm going to go downtown uh, Chandler with the fam. I'm going to have my Shady Rays on, and uh, I get a, com- a compliment or two every time I wear them out. Sunglasses at night, guy? You know you know how that's how I roll. <laughs> uh, and No better combo. I got my PHNX hat, sweatshirt, Shady Rays, um, black on black on billboard. black. Yeah. yeah. Company man, but I love it. Wear it out. out. I like That's it. right. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a special guest at the bottom of the show from our friends at PHLY to help us preview this game. But first, Bo and I, we're going to give you our picks ahead of time. It's a special Friday game preview for our Arizona Cardinals traveling to Philadelphia. I'd like to go first. Is that okay? Because okay. I'm a little bit fearful for this game. Um, I think Cardinals are going to have some success offensively. I think on the flip side, Sirianni and company, I think they've got a memo from from Howie Roseman. They need to score 40 points in this game. I think I think they're going to score at least 40 points. I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be shades of what happened with the Commanders and Mike McDaniel earlier this year. And like, I hope to hell Nick Rallis has got something up his sleeve. But man, I just, to, to our original point, they don't have the horses. Um, if they do hang around, it's going to be because of this guy. I don't see Trey McBride having two underwhelming games in a row. Uh, they Philadelphia does not have the cornerback defensive back the caliber of Jalen Johnson to slow down Trey McBride I think Trey McBride has a big day Darren Waller you know the ghost of Darren Waller creeping around last weekend on Christmas he even had a big day so I think Trey McBride probably goes over 100 yards again I think he's going to be the offensive player of the game and I think he's going to help his quarterback Kyler Murray on the flip side I think this is a good game for B. Joe Gillari to cut his teeth against a really good offensive line for Philadelphia and listen the Giants got some pressure Late in that game, they forced a pick six on Jalen Hurts. Ojolari has been easily the most consistent pass rusher for the Cardinals, both in sacks and pressures. I would love to see Ojolari really take hold of this starting job the last two games of the year. And, and you can you can put him in in ink, permanent pen, this offseason. Number 18, he's a starter for us. And speaking of starters, Greg Dorch, the X-Factor, the mover, the shaker against Chicago last week. Keep feeding him the football. Open spaces, let's go. I, I think Rondell Moore is going to get some opportunities Obviously, Michael Wilson, you just don't know what you're getting right now at the end of the year. Greg Dorch is your most consistent playmaker on the outside, outside of Trey McBride. So I I think the Cardinals are going to be able to have a much better outing offensively, given the fact that, number one, Philadelphia is in flux. And then number two is I I do think with Hollywood Brown out, now they have a clear identity. You're not waiting for number two to come back and save you. You can just say, we're going to work off a play action. We're going to use our tight ends. And I, I'm hoping Kyler Murray puts it all together this week. We keep waiting for it. I predict it like an idiot every Friday. Yeah. This is going to be his best game. It would not surprise me at all if he had 300 yards passing and a couple touchdowns. This is the team to do it against. This is the back seven. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I've been waiting for it. I've been pounding the table for it. Uh, seeing some low scores and predictions in the chat. Didi's saying 17 to 10. Eagles, that would be, be a rough game to watch. That'd be a yeah. tough watch, no doubt about it. Um, but... 
Yours weren't as chalky as they normally aren't. Mine is chalk. Let's go to my predictions. Kyler Murray, offensive star. You talk wow. about the breakup. I think the breakout, it's here. This is the Philly defense that's given up the second most passing touchdowns in the league. They've given up 31 passing touchdowns as a defense. That's a lot. That's a lot of trips to the end zone from the opposing quarterbacks to his wide receivers, his tight ends, his running backs. So Kyler Murray, I think that he goes off. He puts up some pretty decent numbers. Cardinals, though, not enough. They fall to the Eagles 34-26. My defensive star is a guy that's been playing the best football on the defensive side of the football the last couple weeks. Talking JT, talking Jalen Thompson. Already has a career-high four interceptions on the season. He's been approaching double-digit tackles each and every game. He's been playing in the slot. He's been playing the safety position that we're used to seeing. And I think that Jalen Thompson continues to benefit uh, by getting some opportunities to get his hands on some footballs. And then my X factor is going to be the guy that made his way to the desert with Jonathan Gannon from Philadelphia, used to be their linebackers coach last year during the Super Bowl run. I think Nick Rollis could be your X factor. If things are going to go nice and, and well for the Arizona Cardinals, de- defensive coordinator Nick Rollis is going to have to give them a chance um, throughout this game. Like his, He's got to call one of his most consistent games of the season. You can't spot... The opposing offense, 21 points, and then start to rail, kind of get a couple of three and outs and force some punts. After that, you can't dig yourself in that giant hole, and it's going to come down to Nick Rollis, even with an undermanned roster on the defensive side of the football, to have a good game plan against his former team. And I think he will. Yeah, big game for Paris Johnson Jr. and, and DJ Humphreys. Hassan Reddick's been fantastic this year. You know he's going to have extra motivation. Even though I would say Hassan... Don't hurt us too bad. Like the people that hurt you, they're gone from this franchise. <laughs> we had some success together, didn't we? We, we had that good one good year. Uh, I think Par- Paris Johnson has an opportunity to really cement himself. He's been fantastic this year. Uh, I get fired up watching these young players on this team play. And right now, to me, with the draft place almost cemented, it's bigger than just the end result. It's like, can we get some positive momentum going for these guys? Kyler. Trey McBride, Michael Wilson, Paris Johnson Jr., B.J. Ojolari, hopefully Garrett Williams plays. Can these guys have stuff that they can ride, momentum, you know, a little bit of cachet into this offseason? Because I, I I cannot really stomach another underwhelming offensive performance. Like la- last week was tough, man. Mm-hmm. When this team no-showed in Chicago for the first quarter, I did not expect that at all. Everything looked overly difficult. I would be disappointed. You know, I'm here for Petsy getting another year, and I see a lot of people ripping him, and I think, given another opportunity, I think he's going to take advantage of it. I will rip Drew Petsy if the offense looks like they did in the first quarter again against the Philadelphia defense that has not been very good, that that, that got picked apart by Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Nick Rallis, I've I've already made up my mind this year. He and Gannon both. I feel very confident about that side of the football when they get playmakers. I, I... it's it's obvious. Petsine has more to work with. Now do something with it. I need like you don't have to win the game. You don't have to score 40 points. You don't have to score 35 points. But I need to see like 10 to 12 play drives, a couple big plays. Mm-hmm. Is that possible, Drew? Can you scheme some stuff up? Where, where were those big plays last week that you had against Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's got a much better defense right now. So big week for Drew Petsine because you, you can't end the year with like three straight clunkers offensively, especially if you're you're trying to elevate Kyler Murray. You want Kyler Murray to be better. So I am hopeful this is the game. This is the game for the offense where everything clicks. The, the defense, it's just hanging on for dear life. Right. Not, I mean, not everything can click. I mean, I think that they'll, they'll be able to get stops here and there, and we, we haven't, we're not going to see the perfect performance. If we do, like, could come down late in the fourth quarter. And that if you're a Cardinals fan at this point, 
in the season where you got nothing to play for, sign me up right now for that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what, you know, to Rad Taylor and the Giants were able to accomplish last week. Like they had a chance uh, to go down and, and, and tie or win this football game and they lose 33 25. But this is a Eagles defense that that's depleted in the secondary. No Darius Slay this week. He's already been ruled out. And James Bradbury has been so bad, so bad for them. And they're going to need somebody like Keely Ringo, the rookie out of Georgia, to really step up and continue to kind of trend in the right direction. But like, if you're Kyler Murray, if you're these wide receivers for the Arizona Cardinals, you can't let that happen. You can't just let some guy who slid in the, in the NFL draft prove people wrong. You, you've got to continue to kind of trend where this defense for Philly has struggled. Like I see in the chat, like, are the Bears better than the Eagles? No, but defensively, the Bears since getting Montez Much sweat. Better. And if, especially with the how Jalen Johnson's playing at such a high clip too, like they are better defensively. But, you know, are they consistent offensively? Right. Is consi- like that's the problem with this this game is if you don't show up offensively again, if you have another inconsistent performance yeah. or just a no-show performance like the first half, this thing's over. This thing's going to be over. Like Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift are going to run all over you, and this thing's going to be 28 nothing before the end of the half. It's, it's going to be a mess. So they're going to have to put together some drives, some scoring drives, and, and really kind of buck some of the trends that, that they've encountered in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think this is another like 10 targets, 11 targets game for Trey McBride. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, you, you don't have a receiver you're immensely confident in right now with respect to Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore. I mean, hopefully Greg Dorch gets more targets, but he's returning punts and kickoffs too. Like, you just go to the big man, number 85, and you, and you let the chips fall where they may. Eagles don't take the ball away all that often this year. I think you, you, you let your mismatch, your one player that can be a mismatch alpha on your offense take over. And that's that's Trey McBride in the passing game. Then obviously supplement the run game with James Conner. Uh, Eric, Mr. Eric Ruby, can we check out sizing up the schedule so it goes way beyond this weekend's games for the Arizona Cardinals? Let's check you out. You pull those up, Johnny? Yeah, you have I, the ability? I, I got them right here. But bam, sizing up the schedules <laughs> like we touched on at top of the program. If you're just joining us, Carolina's going to Jacksonville this weekend to, to play C.J. Beathard. And then potentially they are hosting the NFC South champion Tampa Bay Bucks in week 18, which the Bucks could be sitting players, resting players. Carolina, are they two and 13? And this time in two weeks, are they four and 13? Arizona Cardinals get the Eagles and the Seahawks. The Commanders pulling out for the sweet, sweet Commanders who named Jacoby Brissett their starter and he promptly got injured in practice. Could be going back to Sam Howell. 49ers off a bad loss. Play, pray for the Commanders this week. Um, Cowboys, you know, that's going to be a rough one in week 18. And then the Pats, I think of all these teams, the best, the best team that has an opportunity to win, the Patriots are, are winning in week 18 against Robert Saul. You think Bill Belichick's going to lose to Trevor Simeon, Robert Saul in week 18? Absolutely not. So if I had to guess right now, and then I'm going to ask Bo to do the same, the final standings are going to look like this. I think the Arizona Cardinals will end up picking second overall. I'll give you the 51%, 49%. Carolina wins one more game. They drop another. They're 3-13. and 13. The Cardinals are also 3-13, and 13, but they have the tougher strength of schedule. They will pick two. The Commanders are 4-13. and 13. They will lose out. The Patriots are 5-12. and 12. They may not even have the fourth overall pick. That could go to somebody else, like a Chicago, like a Tennessee. So I think the top three remains the same through April's NFL draft, Bo. Yeah, with a win, New England puts them in danger of 
the Giants top, jumping into the top four uh, with strength of schedule, but then New England will stay ahead of Tennessee. They'll stay ahead of, and probably not, yeah, they'll stay ahead of the Chargers. So not too bad for the Pats as they can potentially send a guy like Bel- Bill Belichick out with a, with a dub. We'll see what happens with that organization. But, yeah, I'm glad you're coming back down to earth on the Panthers. The 49% thing, it's way too damn high. They're, they're, they're not winning back-to-back games to finish. You don't know that. You don't know that. I, I pretty well know it. Just looking <laughs> at 15 games worth of uh, Panthers football, uh, at 2-13, and 13, they're not going to double their win total in the final two weeks of the season. But, yeah, I mean, the commanders, I, I'm sure Jacoby Brissett's hamstring watch film on the Niners defense and didn't want to line it up uh, in a meaningless game for Washington. I think that if the Panthers win this weekend, the Cardinals are going to have the first overall pick. I think it's done. If the, the, This is the game for the Panthers to lose because I feel very confident they're, they're winning a meaningless game for both teams in week 18. I, I, I also think like you underestimate the Panthers want to win these games. Like the, the, they're playing a Jacksonville team that wants to win, but just may not be able to because of CJ Beathard. They are the only team gonna, that's going to be trying to win at week 18. Like the bears don't want them to win. Certainly Tampa Bay's not trying to win like we, preseason. It's a preseason game in week 18 at home. And they want to be able to Bryce Young is going to go out there and say, this is my last appearance in front of these fans until next August. I want to light up Tampa Bay's twos and threes. I think it's happening. I I think it's happening. My guy. 51 to 49%. You're like overanalyzing this. I'm not. I think think you're underanalyzing it. How about that? (laughs) Our guy Merv busting a move, 999. The way Marco Wilson has been conducting himself post-release and today into uh, his intro, dissing the organization, talking to fans on Twitter, Makes you wonder if he really did have character issues. I think he's just a young guy. Yeah. And I think to, to his credit, he's been part of a dysfunctional organization. The Cardinals are, or they certainly were under Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph. So, you know, I I think he was a bad fit. And sometimes when you're told you're not a good fit, even after yeah. you've been proven to yeah. not be a good fit, then you're going to have some hurt feelings on the way out. It'll be a non-story in like a day and a half when he gets toasted this weekend in New England. He's been a bit delusional in some of the sound bites that I've heard. It's like I'm just blessed to go to the greatest franchise in in, a, in the NFL right now. It's like, well, they're not right now. They're yeah. actually a bottom feeder, just like the organization that you failed miserably for. Yeah, you had every opportunity to be successful. They gave you a kingmaker as far as a defensive backs coach, and you didn't take the coaching. You regressed horribly. Yeah. You took this incredible skill set of a 43-and-a-half-inch vert and a sub-4, 440, and an opportunity to come here, and he was playing decent at the end of last year. He played decent, right? It was it was good relative to the rest of the defensive back play for the Cardinals, but it wasn't good enough for the rest of the league, and he just right. happened to be kind of the incumbent that had the luxury of playing up until week 11. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't get a crowbar – and and get Marco Wilson out of the lineup. He had every opportunity to succeed. He hasn't played since week 11, but he still leads the Arizona Cardinals defensive backs by 300 yards as far as re- receiving yards given up. He's given up 700 yards. He has a chance to go over 1,000 if he plays in New England for the next two games. I hope that happens. 
you can say, hey, are you, are you still blessed by that? Like, are you still having a blessed season that you got cut after having probably the biggest opportunity of your career? Uh, I, I, low-tone component, Marco Polo greater than Marco Wilson. <laughs> I Belichick, I'll, I'll give him he was like me back. He, he covered like he was playing Marco Polo. His eyes were closed, and he's just going off sound. Marco Polo! Yeah. And Jamar Chase is in the end zone again. It just it, it was unfortunate because I think Marco Wilson had outside of Hollywood Brown like the most to gain this year. Yeah, You're playing a position that Jonathan Gannon specializes in. You're cemented like Hollywood Brown was cemented because there was no competition. So was Marco Wilson. Your your biggest competition was a guy who tore his ACL at Syracuse in the ACC, and you and, and you got benched eleven weeks into the season. We all saw it too. Like we were calling for his benching, you know, three or four weeks prior. They just, they literally couldn't, they're hanging on for dear life. And eventually they were like, we can't subject our team to this anymore. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's they, how many more ex kime guys are going to be gutted from this roster? I, I think to your point from the other day, this is just the tip of the, the iceberg. Think about that. They, this week alone, they've cut Marco Wilson. They've are IR Hollywood Brown. Like what's next week going to have? What's the mm -hmm. week after January, February, I, I think this is there's not too many left, but the guys who are still around, man, you know, brace yourselves. It could be ugly this offseason for those guys. They got one year, they got a yeah. mulligan. They could show this organization here. Here's 18 weeks of tape, 17 weeks of tape. Uh, not good enough. Nobody. Mervin saying uh Lecky Foto next. And he's the final, he's the last standing guy from the 2020 draft class, right? I mean, that had Lashard Lawrence. Remember him? Back in training camp, got cut, just outright cut. We thought he was going to be a starting defensive lineman. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, traded, seventh-round pick, eighth overall selection. It's unbelievable. I, I bought – we bought our our oldest son, who's eight, Madden for Christmas. He, he got a PS5, and he's playing with the Cardinals, and we haven't updated the rosters because I don't know how to do that yet. And <laughs> the Cardinal defense is unrecognizable in that game. Like the, the game that debuted in August or whatever, it's Simmons, Rashad Lawrence. Like he's like, who are these players on the team? Oh, they're all gone. <laughs> they're not with the team anymore. I would say at least eight out of the 11 starters defensively are gone. Do you just, it just took you back to LJ last August when you were just roasting these guys? Yeah. LJ Carlier, Carlos Watkins, guys that went on IR in September. It's 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 been a long season. Simmons had like a star around him. He's like a star player. <laughs> get end this season. Put it out to pasture. Can we can we get some <laughs> new players? I had my buddy on Instagram DM me today. He's just like, I just can't wait for this to be over and we get new players. I think that's the the sentiment of the fan base. Um, but we do have more games to be played. Uh, and I'm excited about you know watching K1 and company play this weekend. I'm also excited to go fill up my tank with our friends at Circle K. Join the Inner Circle today. It's America's Thirst Stop, folks. The free new membership program, the Inner Circle, is going to hook you up. Save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. Save three cents per gallon every single day. Get your six free on a selection of Circle K products, pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. Check them out weekly. Circle K, Inner Circle. Download the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com. For more details, check them out, circlek.com slash store dash locator, Bo, to find the Circle K nearest to you. As Johnny asked for the Cardinals season to get the old yeller treatment, take it out back, uh, 
I say let's celebrate one last time together. Well, we got our last road game this week. And then a week from Sunday, join us at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Love Gila River Resorts and Casinos. It's unbelievable what they've got going on. There are many locations that you don't want to miss out on. We're at the Wild Horse Pass location. So join us there the regular season finale at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Nobody does it better. Achieve that legendary status. Find out what that even means by getting out there to their Wild Horse Pass location. They offer an authentic, immersive experience that's tough to beat. Unprecedented level of entertainment, excitement you won't find anywhere else here in the Valley of the Sun, here in the desert. They've set such a high bar. Head to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Let them show you what the next level is all about. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playgila.com for more details. Joining us now covers the Philadelphia Eagles for our friends at PHLY, previously of The Athletic, many other fantastic publications. Zach Berman of PHLY joining PHNX Cardinals for the very first time. Zach, my guy, how we doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Always good to be part of the All City Network here. Zach, we got to ask right out of the gates uh, your thoughts on Z- Jonathan Gannon. Are you uh, a Gannon ally or are you one that feels like it was a, a good move that he left the organization? I'm one of the few in the city who defends Jonathan Gannon. All right. Uh, and I defend it. So, yeah, there aren't that many uh, on this island with me. But uh, <laughs> I, I say that because the Eagles had, what, the number three ranked uh, on defense and DVOA last year set a franchise record with 70 sacks. Uh, his his players respected him, played for him. He maximized a lot of the, the talent on that roster, especially last year. They had a, a lot of talent. Now, I do think the exit was messy. I think he could have handled it better. I think he could have handled some of his public comments when he got to Arizona better. I mean, he is media savvy. He, he, he does know that something that's said in Phoenix will make its way to Philadelphia, but I, I think he got an unfair reputation uh, from the Super Bowl. And again, I'm in the minority on that. I've seen Patrick Mahomes do that to a lot of teams, maybe not to that level, but Patrick Mahomes is, is that type of quarterback. And ultimately, I, I think the the overall body of work, in particular, the 70 sacks, number three in defense, takeaways at a high rate. And by the way, the Eagles miss him because they've replaced his replacement within 13 weeks, right? So anyone who's who's saying they're happy to see him gone, the Eagles clearly are still trying to figure out that defensive coordinator spot. Zach, from our perspective, like early in the offseason, you know, Gannon was rumored to be, you know, a, a top candidate for Houston. And mm-hmm. while the Eagles were making their Super Bowl run, they had Vic Fangio like on the staff, uh, you yeah. know, and so I, I think it's a little bit, you know, uneven when, you know, there are sources coming out of Philadelphia saying, well, we didn't have time to court Vic Fangio and he left us for Miami and then Gannon left to hang us out to dry. Like, what's your stance on, on that entire thing? Because it really yeah. does feel like the heir apparent to Gannon, that's the big sticking point. Like, I don't think that Jeffrey Lurie and company would have cared if Gannon takes this job and either Nick Rollins takes over or they get Fangio. Everybody probably moves on, but it, it does sound like maybe the Eagles were, were caught off guard. And is that their own fault as an organization, a top organization? Like you don't have a contingency plan if, if this team that, you know, Austin for the GM for the Cardinals is, is courting your DC. I, I would think they'd be a little bit more prepared. Also, I, I actually disagree. I, I disagree with you there for the reason that you mentioned. Uh, they were very prepared 
for Jonathan leaving actually the year before and then that year too. Um, they they knew they were renting Jonathan. That's that's the term they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when 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 Gannon interviewed for the Texans job last year uh, and the year before that, the the Broncos, the Texans, the Vikings, I believe, but in particular the Texans job. When he didn't get the Texans job, he thought he was coming back. The Eagles thought he was coming back. So uh, during that period when they thought he was coming back, when he thought he was coming back, and he had spoken to the Cardinals, uh, and then the Eagles did not know uh, until a little uh, until a, a little later on. At that point, Vic Fangio had already accepted the Dolphins job. So I think their point of contention uh, was that they could have been more proactive with Vic Fangio, who was their you know presumed preferred replacement had they known during that two-week period that Jonathan would interview after the Super Bowl and, and get the Cardinals job. So I think they were very prepared for the possibility that he could leave for a head coaching job. When the Texans hired D'Amico Ryans and, and, and Gannon thought he was coming back and the Eagles thought he was coming back, then the other candidates kind of moved on from there. The Eagles job would have been very attractive to Fangio and some other people had it been known during that period, similar to Shane Steichen. You know, now, now the Eagles hired in, in, internally, but it was well known that Shane Steichen was a top candidate for the Colts job, that the Colts hadn't hired yet, that that was kind of staying open for him. So I, I think the point of contention was was not that they were ill-prepared. It was, it was more that everyone was assuming he was coming back, and so therefore their contingency options moved on elsewhere. So where are you as far as diagnosing this defense's struggles in Philadelphia? Obviously still having a pretty successful season, despite where they've had this not as consistent of a performance, obviously not getting to the quarterback as high a clip and struggling on getting off the field on third down. Like, is it a, is it a, the, the coaching calls, the lack thereof, or is it obviously there was big exodus as far as talent, like Marcus Abs, Zero White, TJ Edwards, uh, they ran it back as far as their outside corners, and, and Bradbury and Slay have both had their own struggles. You get the addition of Jalen Carter, which helps, but it's not a cure-all. Where are you as far as diagnosing the true reason for the struggles of this Philly defense? Yeah, it's a good question because that's something they're trying to figure out too. And I, I think two things. First off, the talent exodus, like you mentioned, personnel-wise, they're not as good as they were last year, um, particularly in the middle of the field. They lost both linebackers. They lost both safeties. They're not as, as, as good in either spot. Uh, and then they're older on the outside, and I, I think that's that's showing. In particular, James Bradbury's not having as productive a year as he did last year. They lost Javon Hargrave on the defensive line. Now they replaced him with with Jalen Carter, but still they're not getting the production from their edge rushers that they did last year. Uh, I, I think part of that has to do with game situation. They were playing with a big lead in most games last year, allowing the defensive front to pin their ears back. You can look at the harder schedule has something to do with it, the Eagles are, are simply playing playing better teams and better quarterbacks than they did a, a year ago. So they're in more games that are fourth quarter games, or they're coming from behind, and, and and that takes away from from what they can do. Now that doesn't add up to why they didn't get to the quarterback last week against the Giants, a team that has the worst offensive line in the league, at least in terms of sacks allowed. Uh, so that's that's kind of the, the the mystery there. But I think the reason why the Eagles replaced uh, Sean Desai with Matt Patricia is they saw the way that stretch was in the middle of the season when teams were throwing at will, putting up yards on them, and they thought they needed more of an answer for the postseason. I, I think that that move was was made more for seeing Dallas and San Francisco in January than it was for kind of this stretch of 
Giants, Arizona Giants, if you will. Do you think, Zach, that they're going to attempt to run up the score on Gannon and company? <laughs> Do you think that there's a hit job from Jeffrey Lurie and company? Like, they got the, the exchange of draft picks, yet it, it still does not feel like anybody in Philadelphia is over this. And we saw it earlier this year. We brought it up. Mike McDaniel running up the score against the commanders. Like, the Cardinals defense, their front seven is yeah. depleted, is, is putting it nicely. I mean, it's it's XFL <laughs> level right now. And the Cardinals can, will not be able to stop the run if – Philadelphia chooses to do do so. Do you do you think this is going to be a game in which Sirianni says, "I want forty, I want forty five points," or do you feel like Gannon is going to be, I don't know, a little bit more welcome than we all anticipate? I think by the fans, he he he, he won't be welcomed, and I think that's unfortunate um, because, like I said, I and I and, and, and I'll admit, I, I I like him personally, right? Like I covered him for two years, I, I wrote a, a lot about him, um, but also I, I think he's a good coach, and I think. Eagles had a lot of success, and that's I think the way it ended kind of overshadowed the way it was for much of his his, his time there. Um, but I don't think the Eagles will run up the score because it's Gannon. I actually think the inverse. I imagine, mm-hmm. and you guys would would know better than than me. But I think this is like Gannon Super Bowl this week, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, he's he knows the way he's he's a smart guy. He he knows the way it ended. He knows the way they think about him. I think he's going to be pretty jacked up to go in there and hear kind of this this crowd booing him and, and whatnot. Um, frankly, I think if, if, if the Eagles are putting up points, it's because of, of two reasons. I, I think, first off, there is a talent disparity. The Eagles mm-hmm. are a better team than the Cardinals. Uh, but also because the Eagles need to get right here. I mean, they've they've struggled in, in recent weeks. Uh, and even last week when they beat the Giants, I mean, the postgame comments from team leaders like Devontae Smith and Jason Kelsey is this was not good enough. Right. So my guess is that if you see the Eagles putting up points in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, it's not because it's Gannon. It's 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 because they need to figure this out quickly. The playoffs start in two weeks and they're not playing their best ball right now. Do you have any good JG stories? The guy is obviously, as you said, we've seen it. Him coming into press conferences, fired up, full of energy. Hey, hey, hey. Any any Gannonisms that you liked, particularly anything from this offseason that you liked? The pew 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 shots, explosives. <laughs> any any personal faves, Zach? <laughs> so that stuff he's 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 kind of mocked for. I I think there's there's more depth to him there. Um, you know, especially when if you're familiar with his story at at, at Louisville, uh, losing mm-hmm. his his college career there. Um, you know the the. Uh, the effect that uh, losing his his father had on him, um, you know, that's something that I, I uh, that's something that I, I've I've uh, written about. But mm-hmm. as far as kind of like uh, funny stories, uh, you should ask him about his hairstyle when he was at Louisville, uh, because that's <laughs> something that I've spoken to a, a few of his former teammates, and they they point that out. Um, that uh, Gannon was always known; he was always kind of known as uh, as kind of a, a stylish guy. You, you you probably see that when he walks in and out. I heard someone describe of once that the only thing he thinks about are like clothes and football. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, as, as far as the pew, pew, pew. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he, he necessarily represented him, him himself the best. His among the media, he, he used to walk in every Tuesday and, you know, scream out happy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was, he was full of energy there. Uh, there are Eagles fans who, who might remember his remarks uh, when a, you know, a fan caught him after a workout driving to the stadium before the NFC Championship game about you know gutting the 49ers. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I I mean I think the the energy that he had, 
there are certain catchphrases that, that he always brings up, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll challenge him on, on, on this. He always says the most important thing is, is like the guy has to love ball. The guy has to love ball. Frankly, I think the most important thing is the guy has to be good at ball because I, I love ball and Jonathan Gannon <laughs> wouldn't direct me. Right. And he, he, he wouldn't play me out there. So, uh, so, so like whenever I, I heard the first thing is the guy has to love ball. No, the, the guy has to run and hit and, 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 and be really technically sound. That's the most important thing I would tell him. Good stuff, Zach. My last question for you. You mentioned him, Jalen Carter. The Cardinals had an opportunity to draft Jalen Carter. I think given the off the field concerns where this franchise was in the rebuild, we understood that the move to pass on him. A couple teams did. Now he's he fell to Philadelphia. I think it was a great landing spot given the culture, the infrastructure. How would you grade the first year defensive tackle out of Georgia? He's outstanding. And look, I, I get what you're saying about the off the field stuff, and I've spoken to uh, you know, people with, with teams high above the draft where they said you you need that infrastructure and a team like the Eagles are a perfect fit. When you watch the talent, though, it's it's hard to imagine there are teams that passed up on him um, mm-hmm. out, outside of the teams that drafted a quarterback and maybe Will Anderson. And that's not to take away from Paris Johnson, who I, who I really liked, or like, uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon in Seattle or Chicago who traded out of it uh, or, you know, Detroit who traded back. But man, you you look at at Jalen Carter. Players like that don't come along very often. Uh, he is he is just he's he's different. That's the way I, I would describe it. And frankly, I, I compare it. My first year on the beat here in Philly was 2012, and Fletcher Cox was a rookie that year. And I remember watching training camp and, and watching early that season, and it was clear Fletcher Cox was 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 different. And 12 years later, Fletcher Cox. Uh, is, you know, he was on the all-decade team. He's one of the best players in Eagles history. Uh, I don't want to say he's a potential Hall of Famer, but certainly one of the best players of his era. And Jalen Carter is is different in that regard. So I, I think that the Cardinals and the Seahawks and some of those teams at the top of the draft will live to regret it, uh, understanding that there's stuff off the field, but sometimes you have to gamble on talent too, and he's the type of talent that I would have gambled on. You got any prediction for Sunday? You said that they might call off the dogs. Do you guys yeah. get into that on PHLY? Yeah, we do. And and honestly, uh, look, I I understand it's it's a rebuilding job. When I look at that roster, and then I see the Hollywood Brown went on IR today. I, it doesn't look good for Arizona, right? And and I I I I, re- I recall watching that game against Dallas, and they look great again. You know, they they upset Dallas, right? So any given Sunday. I get that, but the Eagles being at home, um, the Eagles needing a you know the Eagles needing a win for the playoffs, needing a win to get right here. My guess is uh, what the point spread I, I, th- I think is twelve or thereabouts, eleven or twelve. Yeah, uh, and I very seldom would 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 take the favorite with a, a margin that big, and I would take the Eagles here um, because I I think this is going to be like a, a double digit victory, almost by you know you know you, a twenty or so points, just because I. I just think the Eagles are, are are more talented, and what's keeping Arizona in the game is that Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. I just don't know who he's thrown to. I, I don't necessarily know who's protecting him. And uh, when I see the Eagles have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the on the corners, and Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, and you know DeAndre Swift going for a thousand yards this week, and I'm like, well, who does Arizona have stopping him? And and, and so that's what uh, I, I I'd be concerned about this if I was a Cardinals fan. Although my guess is the Cardinals organization wouldn't mind losing this one either because uh, the race for the top of the draft is is pretty tough as well. 
Yeah, we've endured this much. What's a couple more games? <laughs> yeah, sure. He's Zach Berman, PHLY uh, Eagles podcast. Zach, so generous with your time on a holiday Friday. Thank you so much. Uh, safe travels to the game this week and hope you enjoy it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Talk to you guys soon. Zach, take care. One of the few guys in Philly going to bat for, for JG Salute for the most him. part. Yes. Salute Thank you for your service, sir. Oh, man. Uh, look, the the talent disparity it's going to be on full display on Sunday. Uh, I'll tell you where you're not going to find a disparity of talent. Uh, our friends over at Sun Burrows, elite, late, elite Mexican food. I love it. Me and my family we go once a week. My wife, my kid, and me we're just chowing down on Sun Burrows. We love it. We hit it up on Seventh Street and Camelback. That's our spot. It's a go to. You got to try it out. You can even get platters for the whole family. You're hosting people on New Year's Eve. You're like, oh, I don't have to cook for that many people. Well, you don't have to with our friends over at Sun Burrows. Check out their chimichangas. They've got the taquitos, the chips, fresh guac. They got margaritas. I think you can even get a marg to go, which oh is God. unbelievable. Tremendous. At Sun Burrows. Um, Locations throughout the Valley and Flagstaff. If you've ever been, check it out. That's Sonoran-style recipes that have been lovingly prepared since 1986. And my, my wife from Yuma, she's, like, she's big, a uh, huge connoisseur of like Southwest cuisine, Mexican food, and all that stuff. Like The, the beans, the rice has to be right, and it's done right at some burros. Check it out for yourself. Let some burros cater your holiday fiestas, big or small. Order online. Find, find one near you visiting someburros.com. That's S-O-M-E-B-U-R-R-O-S.com. Season's greetings with some burros. Sounds like a perfect afternoon. Some burros for lunch action. And then how about checking out the Fiesta Bowl? Liberty versus Oregon. Tickets right now via our friends at Game Time as low as 23 Dollars. Go watch Bo Nixon Company play whoever the hell's on Liberty. And then you can also get into the Suns game tonight under 50 bucks right now. A flash deal with our friends at Game Time. It's the only ticketing app I use since I moved to the desert. I love it. And we're going to hook you up $20 off your first purchase. Promo code PHNX. Again, your tickets might take up like half of that promo code. You love to see it. Download the app today. And again, with all of these big time events, I'm talking college football, bowl games. U of A basketball, ASU basketball, of course, the Cardinals finale. How about spring training right around the corner? Suns, Coyotes, whatever you do, do it with game time. Load up, check it out. Procrastinators are rewarded. Check them out same day. You're going to get a deal you can't get anywhere else. Trust me. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem the bonus code PHNX. PHNX. Tell them your boy sent you 20 bucks off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed we love to see that we love to see these super chats we got one from mike and deuce here bo brock let's kick it off with mike five bucks a rate my mock draft would be some quality programming any thoughts bo <laughs> didn't we do that last year like before the draft then we have our guys our guys and gals out there submit their mock drafts and then we kind of went yeah. through it yeah. We did that and with uniforms, too. I mean, we covered it all. Yeah. It, it, it could be contract. tough with the 13 picks. We might just be like, rate my mock draft through the three first three rounds because that's mm -hmm. going to be so paramount for Monty Austin, Fort and crew, those six selections in the first three rounds. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Maybe we'll just, we're going to have like a day throughout the week, but it, it's, mock, it's mock draft. It's draft season in, what, less than a week uh, from Sunday. Can't wait for it. Deuce. 
$5. JG was saving all of his special plays for this game. It wouldn't surprise me if we won. I'm not expecting to win, but anything is possible. Go Cards. Deuce, thank you so much. Love your positivity. Wouldn't I look like the biggest ass on the planet if the Cardinals win this weekend and Carolina loses? You you can mock me all you want at BetMGM if that happens. you can. I will wear a bag over my head. I will not be able to celebrate the victory. I want the Cardinals to beat the Eagles. I, I literally can cannot see it happening based on the talent disparity. The only yeah. play if you if you want to argue that the, the only place that matters is head coach versus head coach, I like Jonathan Gannon against Nick Sirianni. I don't know what Nick Sirianni does. And I, <laughs> I like Jonathan Gannon long term more than Nick Sirianni, but Philadelphia, I mean, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Carter, Devontae Smith, you know, uh, AJ Brown was pissed last week. He yeah. had like 80 yards. A.J. Brown's going to be a man on the mission. Who is covering A.J. Brown for the Cardinals? You and me. You and me are going to be out there. No, actually, we're going to be at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Join us there. Our last watch party, watching the Cardinals on the road. Join us. Of course, you can get the bets in there. They got the delicious food. And, of course, all the drinks are flowing out there. Come join us. You wear PHNX gear. We're buying you a beer. Come join Johnny, myself, Britton, Golden, Damon Dogs. going to be back in the fold. It's going to be a full show this Sunday out in Glendale, right there Woo! on the, on the uh, Great Lawn at BetMGM Sportsbook. Make sure you sign up to become a diehard today. We, we, we're previewing the draft. We're doing mock drafts. Get in now. You're going to get all this exclusive content by becoming a diehard, getting that access to the Discord, the exclusive member Discord. Become a diehard today. Go phnx.com. Howard Balzer just dropped a new article yesterday. He's got his game preview coming tomorrow. You can, of course, check that out. Go phnx.com and then go to the locker, phnx locker, and uh, really bolster your wardrobe with some great phnx gear, especially that phnx Cardinal stuff. For Eric Ruby, our producer tonight, of course, Johnny Venerable, but big thanks to Zach Berman from PHLY. Make sure you subscribe to PHLY on YouTube and where you find podcasts. I'm Bo Brock. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday.